0: Namaste. So today we read a prayer of the mother as she is approaching the place of her destiny. How can the divine there be a place of divine's destiny? Yes, divine has chosen that place. Ja, where we are all sitting right now. Pondicherry, the ancient Vedpuri. So as she is approaching nearer and nearer, she is entering into a state which is very interesting. From the time they will come here and establish themselves here as the seat of their tapasya, this place is going to become very, very special. But before that, there is a state in which a person should enter. There is a fundamental truth which we all must know. And the truth is that indeed the divine is everywhere. How to reconcile this? People say, you know, Pondicherry is a very special place. Mother herself has described very beautifully. She says, when you are within a certain area, 10 kilometers up to the lake, it is saturated by my atmosphere and even the very body can feel it. It's in the subtle physical. So it's very easy. We don't realize it till we leave it. As you go further and further, now if you can feel it by going within, in the vital, in the mental world, you can feel that atmosphere. And if you have gone into the crowd, then in the spiritual consciousness, you can feel the divine everywhere. Divine is everywhere and in everything. But there are physical spots which he has sanctified, specially marked with his presence. And what are these spots? These parts are one where there is a tapasya done by the either divine representative like a great master. That vibration remains forever. So they are called as tirthasthal. But there are also places within nature and auspicious moments of time when the divine as if is very close to us. For instance, morning time, when the sun is rising Evening when the sun is setting These are special moments We can say that this moment The gods are doing arati of the divine Normally you have no, that Kumbhavi Shekham. You know these rituals had this meaning In India you had Sandhya Vandan It was not to be done as a ritual But to know the truth behind This is a moment which is auspicious Favorable More than auspicious, favorable So if you do it at that time It facilitates the process That's all because nature is like that. We used to hear that, you know, in the evening when, uh, you know, Godoli Vela, when it is going towards night, Shiva is taking a round of the world. And it's a moment when one should be still because he is a, you know, transbound soul of infinities. So stay quiet. You will, he will give a glance to, upon you or you can come in contact with him. This is how it used to be told. There are ways of conveying. Similarly, there are places. This is about time where it is very easy to connect with the Divine Presence who is everywhere. And Mother is describing one such place. There are other places also. There are places, for instance, in the Himalayas, special place. There are even cities which are specially sanctified, like Varanasi, Ganges. You actually get a feel in the Ganges when you go. So there are spaces which are sanctified and one such place is the desert. And the Mother is... Reminding us, March 14, 1914. So this was the original reason why certain things were enjoined. For instance, to the Muslims, go for Hajj. It's not like you eat 900 rats and then go to Hajj. (laughs) There was a time when it was a desert. When you cross that desert, you get into that mood. What has become, I am not speaking of that. It has become a horror show, nightmare. But, if you really go with that state imagine a pilgrim going through a desert anywhere even in india you have thar marusthal you go into that desert and you feel that sense i mean i have seen that in rajasthan you actually you know when you withdraw into a desert there is a sense of solitude all around and that solitude is very nourishing to the soul so she is reminding us in the unchanging March 14, 1914, in the unchanging solitude of the desert, there is something of thy majestic presence. There are no buildings, no landscapes, no trees, bushes to distract. All the senses are as if naturally withdrawn. There are no places to engage us. So one can experience that majestic presence. And I understand Why one of the best means of finding thee has always been to retire into these immense plains of sand. There have been mystics like that, Sufi mystics who have gone into these places. There is the story of Sheikh Sadi. You know, there is the court philosopher with the king. And as the caravan is going, they see that in the desert, sitting below a solitary palm tree, oasis, there is a man who is sitting and doing something. He says, Who is this mad fellow who is sitting like this? Can't he come to my kingdom? Dubai is just next door. He says, No, he will, not, he will never come to Dubai. He will sit in that sand. Why? He is a fool. No, no, come, I want to ask him. So he goes there and asks, Who are you? So the court philosopher who is on the payrolls of the king, he says, Sikh Sadi, actually no, he is a fool. So he looks up and says, Why do you call me a fool? He says, See, if you only knew how to please the king, you would be owning one of the rich empires in Dubai. Dubai is my own addition, okay? <laughs> Original story. He would be owning, you know. He'll be a real estate fellow and no account of money is required, no income tax is required. He will be owning, but he's a fool. He doesn't know how to please the king. So then this Fakir who is sitting in the desert, he says, you know, you are a bigger fool. If you knew how to sit in the desert and eat gruel, you would never need to do all these Teda Meda things to please the king. You can just be happy in that state. So why? Because there is something of that majestic presence. And I understand why one of the best means of finding thee has always been to retire into these immense plains of sand. But for one who knows thee, thou art everywhere. This is the fundamental truth one should never forget. Sometimes it happens, people start living in a place, in they if you have not contacted, then they become very uncomfortable. You must know that ultimate truth is, first truth is divine is everywhere and in everything. In everything, and no one thing appears to be more favorable than another for manifesting thee. For all things that exist. And many others that are not yet, are necessary to express thee. Everything in this world can manifest the Divine Presence, is meant to manifest the Divine Presence. Why I find this prayer very interesting is, it is revealing to us a very, very profound, the fundamental truth of spiritual life. At the same time, what is going to happen next, is that the Mother and Sri will create a place which is indeed special. So, these are not two different contradictory truths. They are to be reconciled. The fundamental truth is Divine is present everywhere in everything. And if you have the thirst, you can contact Him anywhere in the savannas, in the Amazon, in the Manhattan, you know, downtown London, anywhere you can contact Him. In the busy marketplace, while buying brinjals and you know, potatoes, you can contact the Divine. That's one truth. At the same time, there are places we specially facilitate, like the desert. She is herself reconciling it. That there are places where you it can be facilitated. Everything, by the very fact of thy divine intervention of love, is an effort of life towards thee. So, desert is indicating of, indicative of that samam Brahma, neutral. But all, what is manifestation? What is nature? What are all these things that have emerged out for, into creation? everything is there to manifest you. So all the mountains and roads and rivers and streams and stars and galaxies and plants and animals and creatures of the land and the soil and the tree and the sky, all of that are meant to express something or the other of these. So both these truths, on one side, a landscape where there is no, nothing, is symbolic of, it helps to find the divine presence which is behind everything. But what is everything? It is a means to manifest the divine. That's what she is revealing to us. So even through that we can enter into it because they are all a result of intervention of the divine love. Actually even in this small little pebble one can feel that intervention of divine love. And when our eyes are open, we constantly perceive this effort. The awakened one, the Buddha, is not that he was sitting under some boat tree and suddenly he had an enlightenment. There could be a moment like that. But the awakened one is one who finds the divine everywhere. Be it the state of nirvana. or As long as one needs a very special process without which one cannot find, so one is still a practitioner on the path. But the moment you find, you are an awakened one. Awakened one will find the divine in the babble of a child. Mother says that. And then he says, I see even cats and dogs doing yoga. That is the sign of the true awakening. O Lord, my heart is a thirst for Thee. What is required is thirst. My heart is a thirst for Thee and my thought constantly seeks Thee. In a mute adoration, I salute Thee. What is important is thirst for the Divine And the thought must seek the divine in everything, whatever, even the darkest appearance. Somewhere you are hiding. Show yourself to me. Let me see your smile. But we are, oh, what did you do with me? Why there is darkness? I want to run away. This is approach of a very ordinary. But when there is this awakening, you are hiding here also. Why did you choose this dense place now? You reveal yourself. I want to see your smile even in this densest darkness. And then he will reveal himself. We'll just read it again. March 14th, 1914 In the unchanging solitude of the desert Unchanging solitude is sign of that Brahman consciousness That impersonal universality of the divine In the unchanging solitude of the desert, there is something of thy majestic presence. And I understand why one of the best means of finding thee has always been to retire into these immense plains of sand. You don't have to make an effort to go within. You have no choice. How much will you stare at a sand? (laughs) So you discover that impersonal universality of the divine. One aspect, something of thy presence. But for one who knows thee, Thou art everywhere, in everything, and no one thing appears to be more favourable than another for manifesting thee, for all things that exist and many others that are not yet are necessary to express thee. That is the infinity expressed through forms and names. This is without form and name, this is with form and name. Both are one. Everything, by the very fact of Thy divine intervention of love, is an effort of life towards Thee. And when our eyes are open, we constantly perceive this effort. So the first passage, plains of sand, is Kena Upanishad. That which is beyond senses, beyond the mind. The second one is, everything in creation is because of that. Isha Upanishad. So you see, mother will not use the word Isha Upanishad, Kena Upanishad, People want to look for that way comparison, you will not find it. But everywhere you will find this great truth. O Lord, my heart is a thirst for Thee. And my thought constantly seeks Thee. In a mute adoration, I salute Thee.